Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, it is the two infamous podcasters from the high desert. We bring you beers, we bring you music, we bring you fun and laughter, but most of all, we bring you Beers in the Air, Season 2, Episode 2. Ziggy, soundboard Ziggy. That's your new name this season. I'm like the uh, the cop from Police Academy that makes all the noises. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This time we are bringing you our experience from the festival we just 
experienced this past weekend. Sabroso 2019. Sabroso 2019. Third in, year that it's happened, I in, think. Uh, Third year. Dana Point at... What? Doheny State Doheny Beach. Doheny State Beach. Beautiful venue. It was fantastic. I think I think of all the venues, outdoor and indoor, that I've been to in my life, this has to be one of the most amazing venues, hands down. Oh, dude, it was, it was far more spacious than I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. and it was well, like kept in i thought well we were talking about i was like man how are they gonna like keep bystanders off the beach from just coming in so i didn't notice the first year when i went back in 2017 i didn't notice that big ass fence that like lined the beach and everything Mm -hmm. i didn't notice that until this year yeah there there were some people just sitting right outside the bench listening to the music i was i was eating some uh carne asada fries with my wife uh at the beginning of the bad religion set um which, yeah, I, f- I fucked up. I should have been a little closer in there for that set because I caught, like, the second half, and it was amazing. But, um, yeah, they, those people were just hanging out for free. Yeah. I, I paid good money yeah. to get in there. <laughs> <clears throat> I was going to say something. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no, so that's what I was going to say. So the thing about the venue, for those who haven't been to Doheny State Beach, I don't know how the other concerts are there, but for Sabrosa Festival, there's the one stage, and they got all the vendors and everything, the taco vendors, the beer vendors, they got the luchador wrestling stage. We're going to talk about everything during the duration of the show, but the cool thing about it is they have the one stage not even like 100 yards away is the ocean. It, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't get that anywhere. And they, they had a bunch of like picnic tables and benches that you could go eat Just your tacos, drink yeah. your beer. And just sit there and watch the ocean if you didn't really care for the music going on at the moment. Like me and my wife just sat pretty much oceanside and enjoyed some fries with carne asada on top of them. And some cervezas. And some cervezas. And some music. Uh, Alright, let's um, let's talk about just from start to finish. Um, well, let's talk about what, what we're drinking today. We're drinking a couple beers that were being offered at the uh, festival. If... If you're not familiar with Sabroso, it was a craft beer, taco, and punk rock festival. Like, how do how do you how do you not get excited for that? And the <laughs> the amount of breweries that were there, I feel like it's always such a hard word for me to say, whether I'm drunk or sober. Breweries, <laughs> the amount of breweries there was insane. Just to name a couple of them, there was Ale Smith, there was Avery Brothers. Shout out to Avery. Shout out my kid. There was Pizza Port, there was Belching Beaver, which Belching Beaver has become a pretty popular one with their peanut butter stout, which I unfortunately cannot have because it might possibly kill me. Um, they had Firestone Walker, Green Flash, Hangar 24, which is definitely one of the more popular ones. Uh, Left Coast, Modern Times, Pizza Port, I might have already said. Um, they have Sierra Nevada, which is actually one of the ones that we're going to be drinking today. Um, and they also had Firestone Walker, which I know is... One of Mr. Gibbs' all-time favorites with the 805, but... Mm-hmm. I went to college out there for a little bit. Went to college? Drink, drink a lot of 805 out there. 805 is a good uh, one. 805 is delicious. My buddy Anthony. Um, but what we're, what we're drinking today, we have, the, we have the classic Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I don't know if it's their first beer. I, I feel like this is the one that's most notorious. I feel like it was the first beer that they actually brewed as a company. Um, aside from that, we also have the Luponic Distortion IPA series from Paso Robles, Firestone Walker, a little south of 
uh, Chico, where Sierra Nevada's oh, from. Paso, Paso Robles, that's just north of uh, San Luis Obispo. Yes. Where... Oh, well, yeah, actually. That's because we're talking <laughs> about that. Never mind. I, I got mixed up because I was, I was thinking 805, but yeah, the Firestone Walker is 805. Right. Yeah, excuse me. That's why, that's why he's the beer guy. <laughs> <laughs> but some, something kind of interesting about the Luponic Distortion series that I didn't know was that... Uh, so Firestone Walker, what they do is they keep the same... They keep the same recipe for every batch that they brew, but they have different numbered uh, batches, pretty much. The one we're drinking right now is number 11. Um, I think the most recent one was number 12, but the, the thing about it is that they switch up the sort of the, the type of hops that they use in the actual brewery, so um, or in the actual brew of the uh, of the Luponic Distortion. And um, number, number 12, which is the most recent one, again, we're drinking number 11, but number 12, it had hints of like strawberry and oranges, um, just, you know, those real tropical flavors, honeydew, tangerine, stuff like that. But number 11, this is what, this is what caught my eye. I'm not a big fan of beers that are, have that super fruity flavor that kind of takes control of everything and, you yeah. know, is the dominant factor of it. But we've had Luponic Distortion before and it's not an overpowering fruit flavor. No, it's, it's, it definitely, <laughs> it, it tastes like an IPA, a heavy one. Like you, you take a sip of it and you're like, oh man, that's a uh, it's potent stuff, but it's there there it's not like an overpowering it's not like a like a blue moon where you could really taste right. that orange in there or something you know. Yeah, and with the uh, with this one, so remember I said uh, number twelve it had the uh, honeydew it had the tangerine stuff like that, but number eleven which is what we're drinking today on the show is it has hints of lemon drop, guava and pineapple which if anybody who really knows me. Knows I love pineapple. Pineapple is one of my all-time favorite. Pineapple is probably one of the best fruits out there. Big shouts to the show Psych too. I don't know if you've ever seen Psych, but they're, they're big with the pineapples too. So just just FYI. <laughs> but um, we have we haven't busted open the Luponic yet. We're uh, we're sipping on this Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Again, Sierra Nevada brewed out of Chico, California. I almost went to school there. Gibby said, thing, thing, th- thankfully you didn't because you may not have graduated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I big partied, party school, big party school. I partied up there with my buddy. That It's a beautiful town, though. The kid I grew up with, his name's Anthony Butler. Shout out if you listen to this. I know he's a big podcast guy, so we might get him to listen to this. Uh, um, we grew up together and ended up going to college together for a year out in San Luis Obispo uh, at their junior college. And... That's where I got introduced to Firestone Walker through 805, and then he transferred. I, I moved back here. He transferred up to um, Chico. Okay. Yeah, that, that, all right, yeah, that's why I'm telling the story. Yeah, he went to Chico, <clears throat> transferred to Chico State, and that's where he got real into Sierra Nevada as well because uh, they serve like $2 pitchers. At the bar of Sierra Nevada, which is insane, insane. <laughs> and one of the one of the huge reasons why um, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale just kind of always stood out to me was that so so growing up, my dad drank my dad drank one of several beers. He drank Moosehead. He drank Beck's. He drank uh, Foster's. And that was pretty much just about it. But the one that sort of stood out to me was Sierra Nevada, the Pale Ale, which was just, it was a little different than the other beers that he, you know, typically tend to drink. So 
it always stood out to me. So once I got older, legally, quote unquote, able to drink, I started branching out into the Sierra Nevada because I was like, oh shoot, I remember my dad drank that a lot when I was younger. My brother is a huge Sierra Nevada fan. Anytime I'm with my brother anywhere, he always wants to pick up, you know, 12 or something of a Sierra Nevada pale ale. So yeah, I've, I've really noticed that the people that <laughs> like Sierra Nevada are real loyal to it. Oh yeah. And they'll they'll drink the shit out of it over like anything. Yeah, my dad's got a my dad's got a mural going in his uh in his garage for for Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada. He has um, he make it he's painting it himself or Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he has um he has uh Mad River Mad River, which is up in Eureka Humboldt. That's mm-hmm. his all time favorite beer I feel of all time <clears> is the Mad River. So he had that mural going and then aside from that, or just like to the right of it, he had the Sierra Nevada pale ale it's like his little brew mural that he has going on in his garage nice little brew wall so yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool that's awesome but yeah, before a- before we get into like the bulk of it i just want to give a huge shout out to pizza port a if you guys have not been to pizza port one of the actual locations so pizza port was one of the other spots or one of the other uh breweries that was at doheny state beach during sabroso if you have not gone to pizza port go to pizza port their pizza, their, their beer is amazing, but their pizza is equally as. Was that the pizza you got that while you were there? Or? No, no. So I, I don't know. I don't remember the name of the, um, of the pizza that I got there. I don't think Pizza Port, Pizza Port only had their beer there. They didn't okay. have their pizza too. But Pizza Port has this pizza with like shrimp and clams or something and cilantro it, it sounds kind of weird on a pizza but when you get it it's fucking delicious it's so good but big nice. shout out to pizza port <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the and pizza russian ports. river and all the other places that were there too <laughs> yeah we're just drinking two of them but there were there were a ton of breweries and we got these little tiny little like Four ounce, four ounce, like uh, little tasters, kind of. Yeah, like a. It's little, like a shot glass. It's like a, min, a mini little like mug thing, or a, or what would you call them, like a tankard, something like that. I don't know. But it was like a little mini cup, and they just filled it up, and you got free samples of all these brews from like everywhere. Four. It's like a couple hours of just <clears throat> good four hours of free, free drinking, and there the lines were huge, but they moved pretty quick. They moved real quick. Cause I, I got a good buzz on like within the thir- first thirty minutes that we we were jumping in those lines. Right. Like and I, it's, I was like, whoa, man, I'm getting getting numb in the face already. Yeah, it's cool too because each so each brewery they only had, you know, for the most part, each one only had maybe two or three of their beers. You know, they didn't they didn't have the full stock and full inventory of stuff that they typically tend to have. So it was just a couple. So, you know, you go up there and you, you know, you choose between the two and it, the, the lines move quick enough that if you wanted to, you can just get back in line and, you know, try one of the other ones. So I can't remember the name of it, but the most distinct one I remember was that sour. Oh, <laughs> I do remember. It, yeah. And it was sour. It was like a wine almost. The only the only other time I had the sour, I'm still I'm still kind of you know trying to get used to the sours because I hear so many good things about it. But one of the first times I ever had the sour was Super Bowl Sunday when I came over with that sparkling Swan uh, by okay. Lagunitas. Yeah, that that was that, or, was, um, that was pretty yeah. uh, pretty close to to have that other one. Tasted. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a it's a unique flavor. 
Yeah, it's it's sour. Kind of tastes like kombucha if you've ever had kombucha. No, I've never had that, but it's if, like vinegar. If, if that's what that tastes and it doesn't get me drunk, then I'm not drinking it. <laughs> I remember Super Bowl Sunday. I was actually drinking those out of wine glasses like, with, <laughs> with my pinky out. They were getting me kind of drunk. Though. They were. Yeah, they were because I mean they were they were pretty potent. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The sparkling swan I think was like a limited. It's like a limited time. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah. beers. Um, that's the that's the beers part of our show. Um, also, there was tacos. I was I was highly disappointed with the tacos. As was I. Um, I wouldn't have been as disappointed if they weren't so damn expensive. And that that was the thing because the first year, and I I I, I told you this story while we were there too. We're going around, we're looking at all the prices for all the different tacos and everything. And the cool thing about the first year I went in 2017 was that all the taco spots were like food trucks. So all the food trucks from all the different taco spots were located inside of the venue. And you could just hop from each place to each place. And every single taco was three bucks. Didn't matter where it was from. It was three bucks. But this year when we went, tacos ranged from like four bucks to five bucks. Yeah, it was, it was, I think the lowest I saw was like a one in, in the back by the beach. That was three bucks. And that was the only three dollar one I saw, and they was like it was like from three to eight dollar tacos. I even seen an eight dollar taco. And one of the things too that kind of boned me out this year was that there wasn't a huge, um, I don't know, like diversity amongst the tacos. It was like chicken, carnitas, car- carne asada. Yeah, it was it, like pretty much the basic tacos yeah. we, we eat every day. It, yeah, there was nothing real because they, they advertise them as gourmet tacos, right? And there, it was just street tacos that you probably would have got better from like the lady outside of the club in yep. L.A. Yep, at or one in the, morning. the spot on Seventh <laughs> yeah. Street, you know, people that, on Seventh Street. Yeah, <clears throat> one one I was really disappointed because I never tried it and I've been wanting to try them forever was a Chronic Taco. Wasn't Not a, a fan. Big fan. Five bucks yeah. a taco. It was just chick. They all they did was put chicken, like. On top of the corn tortilla, threw some green sauce on it and called it a day. Like there was nothing like extra nothing. or anything, no like onion or nothing. And I was I was highly disappointed. The only the only one the banh mi the banh mi taco it was uh it was like Viet Vietnamex or Vietmex or something like that. Yeah. It was the Vietnamese and Mexican kind of like mashup like and food, yeah. I was drawn to it because I'm I'm. A very small percentage, but I still claim that I'm Vietnamese. I'm like one-eighth <laughs> Vietnamese or something. So do you bump Vietnamese by Bel Air Boys? I do. I Big shout-out to Bel Air Boys. <laughs> I made that lyric video. Guys, check it out. Um, the Vietnamese taco, it was this bon... Imagine a bon me just in a tortilla. That's what it was. It was the, the carrots, the cilantro, the jalapenos with... What was the sauce? It was like a sweet chili type um, sauce that it was marinated in it was something like that it was a little bit of spice a little bit of flavor and i feared for your life for a second because it looked exactly like a peanut sauce you know i was like oh no and i, I, I it was already a, a big old bite into it and i was like please <laughs> I think, don't die <laughs> i think i was like three quarters of the way through it and you're like oh shoot i think there's peanuts peanut sauce on this luckily though no peanut sauce because i don't know if i would have found benadryl for a while so
forget if I mentioned this already, but we uh, we were doing the taco tasting and uh, the beer tasting for the first like hour, hour and a half of the show. So we did miss uh, D.I., The Suicide Machines, and Adolescence. Um, who we did catch first was Strung Out. And um, I wasn't familiar with Strung Out whatsoever. <laughs> As uh, was I. I've just and uh, you know, I was I was just there. I was gonna go experience them because um, Smiley told me that they're a good band. As well as I, I kept hearing a lot of people talking about them. I was like, oh man, if I, there's a bunch of people here for them, I, I might as well stop by and check it out. And they're cool. They're cool. You could tell they're older guys, so they've definitely been around for a right. while. But and that's that's one of the cool things about venues is. You know, you, you go for these specific bands, artists, musicians, whatever it may be, but like 99% of the time when you go to a festival or a concert, you're going to be introduced to somebody else that exactly you it's, it's enjoy. You to know? me, it's more, about, it's, cool. it's more about gaining more knowledge of music and, and uh, music to listen to that you didn't even knew, know existed before. Like when I would go to the you know the Paid Deuce Hip Hop <clears> Festival <throat> years ago when they still had it, half of that experience was finding new people to listen to because I didn't know half the people and that were there. I, the reason I brought that up was um, Rock the Bells when I went mm-hmm. up in Mountain View. When I when I went to Rock the Bells up in Mountain View, it was just it was getting introduced to all these new artists that I never really listened to before in my life. You know? So, oh, you so you it was in Mountain View, like up, north, in, up north by San Jose. Yeah, that was when I first moved up to Santa Cruz. That's where um, Vans Warped Tour. That's I where Warped Tour is. The the venue. Oh, I want to go. We'll get into that maybe I to, later. But. I have to tell the story real quick. <laughs> All right. The venue up in Mountain View. It's this place called Shoreline Amphitheater. It's basically the equivalent to Glen Helen, the Hyundai yeah. Pavilion down there. But the uh, I don't know, like architects or whatever. The people who developed that concert venue developed it based off the Grateful Dead skull. So if you do an aerial view of Mountain View, uh, of uh, Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, it's like the Grateful Dead skull. Oh, that's pretty sick. Fun fact. Yeah. That's awesome. Because Grateful Dead's huge up north. So I think that's one of the reasons why they did it. Sweet. Sweet. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to go. Um, I've been to Vans Warped Tour once, and it was a, it was a good time. Even if I gotta go by myself, or I'll just maybe I'll convince Ashley. But I mean, as as I'm getting to right now, uh, strung out, we were like two people in between <laughs> us and the pit, and Ashley's never experienced anything with the pit or a rock show in general. This is her very first one, and you know it's a circle pit. Shit, people are getting pushed. Uh, hats and shoes are getting thrown out of the pit and hitting people. <laughs> It's a wild experience. The the cool thing that I noticed about, or, you know, that I just noticed that day was that, you know, I, I haven't been in a pit in years and years and years and years. It's been a long time since I've been in a pit, but there were little kids going in the pit with, like, grown-ass adults, and I was like, man, that's cool, you know, just like... I don't know. It's, it's fucking punk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a crazy experience. This was my first uh, live punk rock experience. Right. And, dude, it was fucking awesome. And one, one of the things I really appreciated, which um, I, I, we, I think we started talking about, was just concert like etiquette, kind of. Yeah. You know? Um, 
what I noticed a lot during the pit, which is one thing that I've always, you know, kind of like kept an eye out for and always appreciated was that as soon as somebody falls, the immediate people around him just kind of stop and yeah, help you the don't, person Yeah, you don't try there. to trample yeah. the guy. Right. Everyone helps yeah. him up and you, you get is back everyone, and go. Everyone's there to have a good time. And if you see somebody in need of some assistance, exactly. stop, help him out, get back to it. Yeah, you, you, know? Don't, so it's, you don't see that at hip-hop shows as much. Well, right. you don't see mosh pits too much yeah. either. But but still, it's like, I, I don't know. There's It's real clicky when it comes to hip-hop. And it's like... A real, <laughs> real judgmental as well and it there was no judgment there it was like everybody there was if you were there you were punk to them mm. and you're a brother and you got picked up and um i got hit in the head with a pair of broken purple sunglasses that you fell did. from the sky you did and you put them on for a bit too. I, put, I put them on it for was a, a pretty bit. good style for you <laughs> <laughs> i mean there there was all sorts of shit flying there was we saw shoes flying at one point. Dude, tons of shoes. Yeah, tons, tons of tons shoes. Of, I don't know if those people ever got them back either. There was a... I don't know if you noticed, but there was this one guy that kept getting in the pit, leaving, like walking past us, getting back into the pit, yeah. and he lost his... Uh, he lost his 805 Firestone Walker hat that he just bought Damn. from the 805 Firestone Walker stand, and um, people held it up for a while because one thing I noticed too... You lose Which something. I've noticed this a few times. When you lose something in the pit, you hold it up. You hold it up in the air and, you know, just kind of wait for somebody to come up and get it. Like, I saw somebody pick up an Apple Watch and they just held it up in the air. They were waiting yeah. for, you know, the owner to come get it. I think they probably turned it in. But anyways, that guy that guy lost his 805 hat. He just kept coming in and out of the pit, in and out, in and out, in and out. Lost his 805 hat and somebody held it up for like 15 minutes at least. And then I think they just got tired of it and just started throwing it. And then I would see the 805 hat just like flying in all sorts of different <laughs> it, it directions. It becomes like a beach ball. Out of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then point. the guy came back up once he realized that his hat was gone and he saw his hat like flying in the air. And he was like, hey, <laughs> stop hey. that hat. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that hat's gone, man. <laughs> like, you're not getting that back. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's way over there right now. To us, it was awesome. But to my wife, she, she feared for her life. <laughs> she, she never experienced that. She saw the guy come out a little bloody. And um, that was it for her. So after Strung Out, she went and sat out on the bench <laughs> during Lagwagon, which, you know, she, she was getting familiar with. To, she, What I really loved about her with this is she went on, like, Pandora for, like, the, the last month, and she was looking up all the bands and getting familiar with stuff. And uh, she, she said Lagwagon was one of the ones she enjoyed. She even bought a Lagwagon little, like, tote baggie um, at, oh, at the merch booth. Right, right. <clears throat> so... Uh, she probably watched from a distance, but I'm sure she didn't really know who it was. So. La- Lagwagon was one. Uh, it, it was one of the bands that I wasn't familiar with, and I honestly, I there, there were a few songs I, I recognized, but I didn't really get introduced to them fully. I felt until that day, and they definitely put on one of the better. Yeah, you know, they, they, dude, they they, they, they were awesome, and I was I was pretty familiar with them at that point. <clears throat> Because at the start of what I'm currently still actively participating in this year is uh, no rap 2019. No, no rap 2019. I haven't listened to any rap music this whole year. I've been kind of getting back in touch with my roots, which was uh, listening to some punk and post-hardcore music, and just getting more familiar with a lot of rock music that I missed out over the years of just listening to strictly uh, hip-hop music, which has been awesome. Like I've been, I haven't been happier musically in a while. Like, well, it's, it's cool too because it's kind of it's it's re 
sort of introduced me to some of these bands that I haven't listened to in years, you know? So, I appreciate the fact that you followed through with No Rap 2019 because yeah, it kind of brought me back going. to some what is it? I'm in my, my fourth month, well. and I kind of started like a little bit in December. So, I, I started a little ahead of ahead of the curve, and then I, I decided... That was like my New Year's resolution. It was like, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot for a whole year. And no rap 2019 doesn't mean that Gibby isn't going to be rapping because we just dropped the Yale Gents album yeah, that so you guys should go listen to. Yes, I, I did. Uh, <laughs> I actually I released a solo album earlier this solo year. Solo album? And we, we finally finished our project that we were talking about in season one. And um, those are out there, you know, so go, go listen check to them out. Go check Yale them out. Yale Gents, Gibbs Audio. Gibbs Audio, Yale Gents, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever. Go listen to him. Pandora. Pandeasy. Everything but MySpace.com. Yeah, it might right. be on MySpace.com. RIP MySpace. So. Oh, who knows? I miss MySpace. So do I. All right, but, but Lagwagon. Lagwagon was, was real fun. They didn't play anything from uh, the album that I liked the most from them, which was uh, an album called Burn, and Smiley turned me on to it. He's like, this is the first one you should listen to is this one, and it was it's a great album. They didn't play anything from that, but there was a few that I really like, like one of my favorite songs by them is a song called Alienate. It's spelled like alien and then an eight at the end. So when they said they were playing that, while I was in the pit for my very first pit I've ever been into, I decided, fuck it, I'm going in. (laughs) (laughs) I I was on Instagram live recording the set and then I handed my phone to, to Ziggy and I was like, here Ziggy, I'm going in. I just, I went in and they played that song. As soon as like a familiar song, like, I can only imagine how everybody else feels, you know, like, actually knowing all their music. But, like, the second, like, a familiar song came on, it, like, got me more pumped. So I was, like, going faster, bumping into people. It was, it was a blast, and I'm still sore from it. I, I was sore. I, so, like I said, I didn't get in the pit at all at Sobroso, but I was sore just from, like... No, but we were, we were jumping, stay, fucking oh, yeah, rocking. Jumping, walking. Sore from lifting all those beers into my mouth. Oh yeah, you know those uh, <laughs> twelve ounce curls. <laughs> twelve ounce curls. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I liked one of the things I really liked about Lagwagon was just the. Uh, I don't know, like the, the friendship that you saw amongst like all the band members. Like they were they were chilling on yeah, stage. Yeah, you could just, like, you could tell that they've been with each other forever for, yeah, and like. I mean, they, they've been around since early 90s. Their right? guitarist was tight. That guy was it was, shit. it was his birthday, too. It was his birthday, like, the day before or the day of or the day. It was, like, during Subrosa weekend at one of those days, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it, it was, was the guitarist's birthday. birthday. And he was, uh, dude was drinking just Budweiser the whole set. And then uh, there was that one, I forgot what the song was called, but he passed the guitar over to the lead vocalist so the lead vocalist yeah. could play his song. And uh, the guitarist was like, you could tell he was like kind of drunk and just having a great time. He's like, oh, you don't got a mic stand? Guess I got to be your mic stand. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually had, they didn't have mic stands. So <laughs> and he, he literally stood held the there mic and held the mic like a mic stand. For the vocalist the entire song. It was, it was awesome. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. really cool. Yeah, they killed it. They killed it. And uh, the next band we saw was Bad Religion, which I was, I was super stoked on Bad Religion just because I grew up on Bad Religion because my, my dad was a huge Bad Religion fan. So there's a lot of songs, like, when I'm going in trying to get re-familiar with these bands so I can kind of, like, participate uh, beforehand, I'm listening to a lot of Bad Religion. I was like, dude, I, I know so much more Bad Religion than I even thought I did just because of my dad. Rest in peace. 
Uh, fuck, I wish I could have brought him there. That would have been a fun sight to see. But one of my favorite experiences from that show uh, came during their set where, dude, like, everybody in the fucking crowd was singing uh, the lyrics to their song, Sorrow. And, dude, it was, it was amazing. Like, I even knew that song, so I could even, I was able to sing that song, too. So, um, I, I know, so during, during Bad Religion, I know we kind of, like, split up for a little bit. It was Esther and I, um, kind of closer to the stage. You guys were a little out. But during, during Bad Religion, th- there's this, uh, instance that just, like, caught my eye, and it kind of, like, brought me back to when I was a kid. Because my, my dad would take, <clears throat> my dad would take us to, um, just concerts all the time. He would take us to OzFest. We saw um, we saw Smash Mouth out at Maverick Stadium, now Yardbird Stadium. <laughs> Smash yeah, Mouth out yeah, here, yeah, that's cool. It was pretty cool. So he would take us to concerts all the time, and that that was one of my most prized memories of you know growing up was just going to all these concerts with my dad, you know. And um, during Bad Religion, there's this dad with his kid, and he had the kid on the shoulders, beer in one hand, just stoked to see Bad Religion. And I thought it was just cool to see that, you know, he was introducing his little daughter to, you know, the kind of music culture that he was brought up with and everything. And I felt kind of bad because you could tell the daughter was kind of scared, but the dad was taking very good care of her and he was really observant, just kind of watching out for all his surroundings and everything while still, you know, kind of like being engulfed in the... um, moment but it, it was cool man it was cool and then when fuck you came on by bad religion the dad got so stoked <laughs> so he's, he's got his he's daughter got like one arm and like so he's got his daughter on his shoulders beer in one hand and then the song comes on and he throws the middle finger up in the air he's like fuck yeah it was so good and then um hell yeah i want, uh, I want that to be me <laughs> Well, I, I I told the I told the dad I was like, hey man, your daughter's doing well. Like I could tell she was kind of scared, but she was still like trying to rock out when you know she could and whatever. And I was like, dude, your daughter's doing a real good job, man. She's you know she's, she's doing well. And then he was like, hell yeah, man, give her a high five. So the, the daughter like threw her hand and I gave her a high five and I was like, you're doing awesome. <laughs> but it was cool, man. It was it was a cool experience. And dude, the pits were nuts during that religion. Yeah, the ones, dude, they like progressively were getting crazier. I didn't see them because, like you said, we split up for a little bit, and I I went and got Ashley, um, and I was trying to like calm her down, and I finally got her back into the middle. Dude, we we got real good position, even though like, dude, there was a lot of people there, but I heard there was like ten thousand that was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nuts. <laughs> because if for how close we were for most of those sets, like it, that's we, nuts. We got in a real good position for every every single band that we tried to see we didn't have a problem finding a good good position yeah even on bad religion even though i left our our like spot in the middle i still kind of worked my way into a good side spot pretty close to the front of the stage and what i'm what i'm still surprised about is how easy it was for us to find each other (laughs) (laughs) yeah all I had to do was throw my red Seagram's hat up in the air. Yeah, I, I called him. I was like, "Put your hat, put wave your hat in the air." <laughs> and then when you went and got the beers right before flogging Molly, yes, uh, I was like, "I'm just gonna wave my hat in the air." And then you eventually saw me. So yeah, 
If, if but there's at, a lot of hats waving in the air, too. If you're at the so. Seagram's trailer, walk diagonally towards this area, and you'll run into me. Okay. And sure enough, he did. It worked. He figured it out. All right, so Bad Religion was badass. And then came Flog and Molly, and I wanted to make sure we kept our spot. So I told I told Ziggy, hey, I'm going to stay here with Ashley. And uh, he ran and got, a, got us a couple beers. And he made it back just in time. We had a killer spot. Tons of people there. I didn't realize how many people were there until Flog and Molly when I turned around and I was like, and that, holy shit. That's, so every, every time I go to a concert, I never realize how many people are there until like the later acts when it's nighttime and I look across and they're like shining the light across everybody. I'm like, holy shit, there's so many fucking people here. Even though our yeah, spot seemed wild, really yeah. good when I was taking pictures of the stage at night and Dude, there was a ton of people in front of us. There was hundreds of people in front of us, maybe even like a thousand. And I, I felt we had pretty good spots for flogging Molly too. And like you said, yeah, it was good. It was, it was dead center. It wasn't like in front of us. it wasn't far enough to like feel like, oh man, I can't <laughs> even get into this. But all our, all I can remember, right off the bat, is when flogging Molly comes up. They, you know, they're getting ready. And like he starts off the first song going acapella a little bit, and then he's like, "I'm the man with the plan, shake the hand of John O'Sullivan." And then me and me and Ziggy just go nuts, dude. We, we were like, we we were like, "Fuck yeah, it's this song, dude." It was. I am the man with the plan, shake the hand of John O'Sullivan, fight until the end. Legend he will be, and if any man should ask if any man could carry, I'm the man with the plan to shake the hand of John O'Sullivan. You may be tough, but you'll never knock him down. He is a towering god, but not our sacred. Damn 
Drink to your health It's the one thing that money can't buy But remember the loss To the loved ones we all leave behind So pass the glass over Sullivan just stored The glory days of return And let's live the good life Until the last goodbye People, the first and last thing never to be spent. Now I'm the man with the plan. Shake the hand and join us all of them. Fight until the end. The legend you will be. And if any man should ask, you carry on the man with the plan. Shake the hand and join us all of them. man with the plan. Shake the hand and join us all of them. Fight until the end. The legend you will be. And if any man should ask, Jim Casey is my name. Now I'm the man. Shake the hand of John O'Sullivan Episode 1 of Season 2 We did the whole breakdown of Within a Mile of Home Which was recorded a while ago Last year, but, <laughs> almost exactly. So within a mile of within a mile of home was what I introduced Gibby to because I remember for some reason you know I listened to Drunken Lullabies, I listened to Swagger you know kind of every now and again, but the one album from them I listened to uh, frequently mostly was within a mile of home, and that's that's what we decided to you know ultimately end up doing the episode about. But recently, back in 2017. They released Life Is Good, which was their most recent album. And before Life Is Good, I don't think they released an album for like five or six years or something. It was yeah, I think I think it was uh, yeah five. I think (laughs) 2012, like the speed of sound, I think something like that. Speed is something to do with speed. Uh, Was in 2012. I know that, and so yeah, it was like a five year gap. But I I just recently started listening to Life Is Good. Uh, pretty much, like a couple weeks before the show, because I'm I'm starting to listen to Flog and Molly a little bit, get myself back into it. Like like we were saying, he introduced me just a year ago to Flog and Molly. And it's already one of my favorite bands. Like there's no going back. They're they're fucking awesome, especially after tonight or or the night we're talking about, because hands down, it was the best musical performance they, I've ever seen in my life, and that's <laughs> that's not even a stretch. Like it was just it was fucking fantastic. Their their diversity of instruments. So I I, I didn't know this, but the lady who plays the violin in Flogging Molly is the lead vocalist's wife. Yes. And there's certain times during the show where she'll she'll put down the violin and bust out the flute and yes. just kill it on the suit. Flutes. She had a couple flute solos and everything. It just blows my mind how many instruments they have on stage and how well they sound, like how cohesive they sound together as a group. Yeah. It's like it didn't sound like jumbled or shitty. It was 
not a lot of bands can sound how they do in a studio recording. And they do. They They sound just as good. It was crazy. So John L. Sullivan is what they start off with, which is one of the better songs from Life is Good. And then I think they went into a Requiem um, for a Dying Song, or was it Requiem for a Dying Song from Float? Maybe. I, I don't know if that was second, but I, th- I think second might have been um, uh, What's Left of the Flag. Possibly, yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know the order, but they did play Requiem. From, from, all, from all the beers we had, our... Um, recollection of their lineup was a little foggy yeah but <laughs> i know a couple a couple songs in he starts introducing band members uh for certain parts of songs and uh he st- he starts introducing us to the banjo player of floggy molly and he's like oh this uh whoever ever is going to play you some banjo real quick and as soon as he starts playing dude the place goes fucking nuts because he's he's, he's playing the intro to drunken lullabies yeah which and is, the, you know, the cool thing too was that uh they were all from like such different areas like i, th- I thought you know when i i didn't know this until yeah, you, you, you would Sabroso. you would think they're like a foreign band but well that end that they kind of like grew up knowing each other maybe or something but I mean there was a dude from LA there was a dude from like New York like San Diego San Diego Ireland just everyone just came from all these different areas which was pretty pretty neat that's pretty awesome and then I what, what was the name of the song do you remember what the name of the song was that the uh, bass player sang I forgot uh, what that one was called but it's off the Life is Good album yes I'll, I'll, I'll find it's it right off now. Life is Good and Gibby and I were having this conversation because we started listening to that Life is Good album more and more since... Yeah, we didn't even talk about listening to it, but we both like brought it up to each other at the same right, time. It was like, right. oh, have you heard this? I was like, yeah, dude, I, I was just about to ask you. Like, it's, it's amazing. The very first song, There's Nothing Left Part 1, that, that song just gets me so stoked. The Days Every We've Yet to Meet is... Uh, the one with the... Yeah, the the bass the day, player's the lead days singer. We've yet to... The the days we've yet to meet. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's a good one. And it's just, it's it's a cool just um, break from not not saying that the lead vocalist isn't amazing because he is, but it's cool just hearing a break from the lead vocalist and yeah, hearing he, some. He different... was even still a part of that song, but right, he know, was like, yeah, like the, the bass player and bass player led the song and I think we were discussing it before the show and we were listening to that song that night we were drinking some brewskis um, and that's I think that song came on and you're like is this him it kind of sounds he sounds different remember you were saying it sounded yeah. different turns out you know it was the bass was player the bass all along yeah. <clears throat> and then crushed oh dude <laughs> it, was it cr- went crazy during crush dude crush was awesome <laughs> But yeah, just I feel like seeing (laughs) Crush, Crush. Yeah, dude, Um, it was so dope. It was so good too. I feel like since I've seen Flogging Molly for the first time, because last year when I saw him on, uh, I think it was the day before St. Patty's Day. It was March sixteenth, but that was the very first time I've ever seen Flogging Molly live. Again, I was iffy about it because of the whole Morongo thing. 
but they put on such a killer show. And I think after that, I made it kind of a a life decision that I want to try and see Flogging Molly once a year. Because they put on that good of a show. They put on that good of a show that seeing them once a year is honestly maybe not even enough. Like the um, the security guard at my work, uh, he he went to go see Flogging Molly at Morongo, mm-hmm. same venue that I went to. And it was funny because the week before he was going, he was telling me that they were going to Morongo and they were like, kind of tossed up between seeing him in Morongo and seeing him down in LA on St. Patty's Day. And he was like, I just don't know which one to go to. I think we're going to go to Morongo. I see him the next week at work and he comes up to me. He's like, I went we, to both. <laughs> he went to both. <laughs> so he ended up going and seeing Flogging Molly at Morongo. Dude, they, they the were, they nice were that good though. They're that, that good. At, that the, you at the end of the set, I was times. like, come on, Encore. Encore, come I, on. Like one more song. Come I was on. really hoping for an Encore. And plus, there was a couple songs they didn't play that I was really hoping for, which which what's crazy is you said that they didn't play a lot from Within a Mile of Home they, when you the saw only the only song that either. they played from Within a Mile of Home was Seven Deadly Sins, and that was the same thing, the same thing this year, same thing. But that that That's album has a different me. vibe though. To it, it does. Though. It really does. It really truly does. Which I mean, it's I I'd probably st- still say it's my favorite Flog and Molly album. Within a mile of home. Yeah. I love yeah. I love Drunken Lullaby. Swagger's really good. Float's good. Life is good is good. Life, <laughs> Life is good has become my, my second favorite one. Oh yeah. So like it just listening to it is hit the lyrical message throughout that whole album is so damn good. I'm just sitting there like listening to this guy. It's like it's you're you're just soaking in the man's life. Yes, beers, beers in the air. I miss talking about music and I know, man. Talking about drinking music, beers, talking about beer. My, those are a few of my favorite things. These are a few <laughs> of my favorite things. What, what did um when when uh post Salty Dog? So they play Salty Dog. They like thank the audience for coming out. What's that song that they played? Oh, um. <laughs> They played over the speakers. Always look on the bright side of life. (laughs) So many people stayed there just to like like dance to that song. It was amazing. Um, I think it was like mid, mid, mid through midway through the set. Here come my my two stories about how I got a little more beer for free. Um, Midway through the set, I think they were playing uh, What's Left of the Flag, and that's one of my favorite songs, so I'm fucking getting into it. And this guy, he's, he's like, pushing through, and for whatever reason, he, like, saw me, like, super into it, and he was like, yeah, this is the spot to fucking be. And he, he came through double-fisting two beers. He's drinking beer. He taps me on the shoulder while I'm dancing and shit, and he, he, he takes, he's like, here. He's like, take a sip. I was like, all right. I grab his second beer, and I take a drink. He's like, fuck, dude, do you take a a beer from a stranger and drink it well there's no going back i did so <laughs> i took a sip and then you know he starts getting into it a little more but you could tell like he didn't want to spill his beers so he pounds his beer throws throws his cup out into the pit i don't know if that's like a thing or something like you just chuck shit into the pit but he, he chucked like the. what was what was the reason why he stopped though the reason why he stopped at you was super funny to no me. no that's that's next oh, that a completely okay. different my bad, my bad, completely bad. different guy this is this is just my homie that shot me a beer <laughs> so we're rocking out all that shit and then uh, another song comes on and we're, I'm, we're still getting in I could tell he 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 wanted to get into it so he tests me again and he's like 
He's like, here, drink it. I take another drink, and he's like, nah, I'll kill that shit. So I, fuck it. I, I chugged it, and I, I see him, and he's like, throw that shit, throw that shit. So at the end, like, the last little bit, I left in there, and I just chucked it into the pit, and he was so pumped. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. He, like, high-fived me and everything. Like, dude, you don't meet cool people like that all the right. time. You know what I mean? The dude shot me a fresh fucking IPA. I don't, I'm not even sure what it was, but it was, it was good. I, I chugged it, and I drank that. And, um... <clears throat> Again, another guy is pushing forward. This is a big guy, big old stocky, big corn-fed boy, and uh, he's pushing through. And then he, like he gets to me, and he's like, "Fuck, man! I just pushed through all these people. I, I was wondering when I was gonna hit my wall." And he's like, "You're my wall, man. You're the one. I, you're you're who I've been looking for this whole time." So he's like pumped. He just sits behind me. And you know, just I'm dancing. Wasn't he there like super the into the show? A good amount of it. Yeah, it. yeah, he was there for like three, three more songs, and like he was getting super into it too. Like, and yeah, you know, he sees me in front rocking out, and he he like at one point is like jumping up and down, and grabs my shoulders, and he starts like shaking me, and like, like he was like I don't know, he was just a cool dude. He was weird, but it was a weird like occurrence. But he was, and then he told me he's like, "Fuck, man." I came, I came to find my wall. You're my wall, but now I gotta go back and get my girl. And I just put, pushed through all these people and pissed them off, and I gotta go all the way back. Oh, and I was like, "Fuck it!" <laughs> and he, and he, he went back. He never came back, so he probably just stayed back there. But it was just a funny experience. Like he pushed through, and he was like, "Dude, I've been looking for you, man." I was like, "Me?" He's like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "There's no getting past you, motherfucker." He, he was like, "There's no getting past you." He's like, "You're my wall." He's like, I hit my wall right here. This is my wall. I was like, all right. <laughs> I could tell he was a little faded, but, you know, that's the way it should be. <clears throat> yeah, everyone there was having a good time, man. Fuck, I can't even, I can't even say, like, what was my favorite song from the Flogging Molly set? Mine was probably what's left of the flag. That was good. I, just... I honestly... I think Float was my favorite one because Float's got that 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 uh, that part in the song where you know the crowd can get involved, like the. Did you like the oh like yeah yeah? I, I forgot the exact rhythm off the top of my head, but yeah, but it's like basically he was, was like he's, still singing like he was encouraging the yeah the encouraging the crowd to do it for him. <laughs> it's like that dude. I I like to incorporate that sort of stuff into my sets where I can get the crowd involved. So was it, was any, it during Float too when he was like. I need the audience to get involved in this one. You guys are gonna do a, a, a good old like Irish dance with me. It's very simple. And he starts jumping up. And no, down. that was crushed. Crushed. That's right. That okay, was crushed. That was crushed. But that one was awesome too. Crushed might have been my favorite. He's like, one. if an old ass, if an old ass Irishman could do it, you can do it. <laughs> he, he's like, he was like, there's not a lot of dancing room out there, but I want you to do one. It's very simple. Doesn't take a lot of room. And he's he like, you're just once. gonna do this. He's like, that's it. He's like, you're just gonna do this, and he jumps up and down. And it was cool too because he was drinking Guinness the whole night. Yeah, that was like, so cool. Man. Oh, is this a craft beer? The <laughs> butcher in his accent, but you know. Oh man, it was awesome. That guy, he he knows how to uh, grab a crowd. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to say specifically what my favorite song was for the night. The hand of John L. Sullivan was dude, so the, good, dude. Just, man. just starting off hot with that is, was was amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, it's so up tempo and it's so like it's such fun music. Oh yeah, so fun. Like they they didn't play a lot of downers at all. They played like one slow one. It was um. It was the one about his dad. Um, 
I think that, that was. Um, oh, he's lying right now. I think it was the, the one of the ones from Swagger, right? Either Swagger or Drunken Lullabies. But yeah, just any time you see them, you're just astounded. You know, my my uh, my dad was telling me because my dad works with this guy that's like a huge diehard Flog and Molly fan, and he uh, I guess he follows them around to like all their concerts and goes to see them anytime they're on tour. And it's like semi locally, like he'll go and see them, so he'll see them multiple times a year. There's huge. It, they have like this this. Like cult following, almost. Yeah, you know, like people, people from all around go and see them. You know, yeah, there, there's a lot of bands that, like, if they're touring, there's a lot of people that will tour with the band. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's such a cool experience. Such a cool experience. It was it was awesome, dude. I had a great time. The people were cool. There was like no strife or stress. The only stress was my wife tripping out about the mosh pit, but <laughs> she she got over it and. There's a few Flog and Molly songs that she knows, and she was getting into it too, and it, it was just, it was a fucking kick-ass and I, time. And I feel like that's a that's it's a huge common misconception that people have. They they hear punk music, and they automatically have this assumption that oh, it's punk, it's this rowdy oh, crowd, negative. That, everyone there had each other's back. Everyone there was just having a good time with people around them. There's people you didn't even know, like the guy that found his wall. Yeah, dude, we like two know. two fucking people, which like I would have chilled with the rest of the night if they were down. Like they were cool. Dude, some dude that just wanted to rock out with me and mm-hmm. shot me a beer, and the dude that found his wall and he just wanted to shake me around a little bit and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird, but I loved it. Loved every second of it. But yeah, like like I, I know how you because well, it's people think it's like a negative thing because it's it's music that's like opposing the system, but it's about being like free, right, and being. Free spirited, free minded, like it, the only negative thing is like the negatives that come in life. Like, fuck the system, you know what I mean? Like, take back control of your life, like, be the person that runs your life. And that, right. there's nothing negative about that. The right, only, don't, don't, t- don't have somebody else tell you the you only, know. the only negative picture that would be painted from that would be like the media who you know wants to control you. Gets things misconstrued, and, and I'm all about that shit. Like, my hip hop music is all about fuck the system, fucking. Do what you want. Don't make the music people want to hear. Make the music you want. That's what all those motherfuckers do. Right. One of the cool things about the show, too, was Flagwagon uh, is one of OG Smiley's favorite bands of all time. Right? Yeah, that, he, yeah. He said that he and, he loves that band. It's, yeah. And you, you know it's good music when it comes from OG Smiley. Yeah, he'll put you on yeah. some good shit. Like, he... There's there's not many times where he he'll like turn me onto a stinker. It might not be like my cup of tea, yeah. but like it's it's, still it's cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Speaking he, of which, there's a really good punk show coming up April 26th at in Apple Valley. In Apple Are you Valley, going? I kind of want to go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go just because it's here. I know I know Smiley was trying to get us to go. A lot to look forward to musically, and it's uh. It's crazy how much there is to talk about when, you know, we're just not restricting ourselves to talking about hip-hop or, you know, what's the top five. Like, who, who gives a fuck about that? Let's talk about this kick-ass fucking festival we went to of punk rock. Talk about the beers, tacos, and look at that. We got a podcast. Episode. And and kind of going on to that, let's talk about, real quick, let's just introduce the people to what we're going to be talking about what's in the come? future episodes. Yes. Um, okay, what's the, what's the plan? What's the idea? Well, we got beca- because it's for me, it's it's uh, twenty no rap nineteen. Um, we're gonna be visiting a lot of rock music, or and 
you know, maybe maybe even other genres that aren't rap or hip hop. Um, but we are going to start with with some rock, and uh, give give them your give them your discography that we we're, are, we're yeah, going to start we are, with we're going during to, the next episode. We're going to start going over discographies of our favorite bands. And I am going to start with A Fire Inside, or AFI for short, which most people know him as. And uh, Ziggy's going to take us through... Um, every Time I Die. Every Time I Die. And I think uh, what we're going to start off with, we're going to start with AFI. I'm not going through their whole discography, but just the, even though I'd like to, just the modern band. And because, I mean, the band because they, they, they have such a large discography, too. You know, yeah, it's it's going to be it's hard about, to cover the whole... It's about 10 albums now, but they have three... In their early days, they were like a straight, like, hardcore punk band. And two of the members that are in the active band today aren't even in the band for those. I mean, l- later on, if, you know, if, if, if uh, it becomes a little popular for us doing this, I'll, we can go over them. But um, I'm going to start with their album, their, their first album with their four members they have today, Jade, Adam, Hunter, and Davey Havoc. Uh, we're going to start with Black... Sales in the Sunset, which is a fucking kick-ass album, which I'm stoked for. My, you know, my idea for it is we kind of it's they're gonna be shorter episodes, so you know, bear with this one. We ran a little longer, but it's it's good stuff. You know, we're talking about a, a really cool event that uh, if you didn't go this year, go next year, just because it was my first year, and I'm I'm gonna do my best to go back it's, next year. It was awesome. You're, you're not gonna have a bad time. No, it, you're it wasn't at all. 100% not gonna have a bad time. Just. just, just Go for the free beer, if anything. Right. <laughs> for a little bit, free beer tasting and, and all that. Um, but my idea for it is uh, most albums have like an album, you know, all of them have an album length. You know, figure to, you know, talk about the album for about as long as the album. Uh, run the tracks in the background so you can kind of get a picture here and there. We'll play you some of our favorite songs. We'll talk about what our favorite songs were. Cause we'll, we won't do a full breakdown. Just because listening back to some of the older episodes, um, I noticed that we uh we get it we get really into what we're talking about and when we try to jam everything in together it just runs on and that's where we get our hour and a half episodes you know so sometimes even two and a half hours yeah yeah sometimes <laughs> so we're, we'll try to keep them under an hour around like 30 to 45 minutes roughly how long the album is and uh you know that's that's what you can look forward to beers in the air is back and we're looking forward to giving you some uh good episodes and what what uh probably not weekly anymore just because our our lives got real busy that's why we're a little hectic yeah we we put beers in the air on on the back burner for a little bit yeah you know we finished our albums which was a big focus yale gen storytelling again itunes spotify pandora go Go check it it out go listen to it we got stars next to our songs that means people actually do and i've noticed the stars have been transitioning from song to song i'm i'm stoked because my favorite song on the album finally has a star and it was pissing me off that it didn't have one voyage finally has a yes Yes, yes, Voyage is the shit. Voyage to <laughs> Which, Valhalla. Well, we, I will play you Voyage um, during the uh, Black Sails in the Sunset episode by AFI because we sampled one of my favorite songs from that album for that song. So, Yo, everyone, this is your host, Gibbs, and I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. This has been our experience of the Sabroso 2019 Taco Festival, and this is Season 2, Episode 2 of beers in the air episode three is going to be what i've been wanting to do for a long time now and that's break down discographies and we're going to start with the band afi a fire inside their album black sails in the sunset here's a little sneak peek of what to expect next time